and things appeared normal. 
receiving strange texts from her daughter, and she began posting um, some weird things to her social media pages. In one of her final Facebook posts, she wrote, quote, I just want to sleep, lol, but you know me and my crazy ideas, let's see where they take me, end quote. Becoming concerned, Latisse tried to reach out to her daughter on a multiple occasions, but she couldn't get her daughter to answer the phone. On Wednesday, September 16th, 2009, Matrice spontaneously drove from her great-grandmother's home in South L.A. to Malibu, and she got there right around dinner time. This drive is about 40 miles, and it's a series of twisting cliffside roads. She pulled into Jeffrey's, which is one of Malibu's very high-end restaurants. She got out of her car and approached the valet. The valet immediately felt like something was up. Matrice was acting very manic. She was talking about avenging the death of Michael Jackson. Um, thinking she might just be like one of those very eccentric people. The valet got into her car and parked it. Upon his return, he found Matrice in his car, which he had left open, rifling through his car, like looking through the glove compartment and stuff like that. So he asks her if she's okay and also to please get out of his car. And she complied and walked into the restaurant. Matrice walked up to a table of other restaurant patrons and just kind of invited herself to sit down with them. Then she began making some very bizarre statements. Um, like she was talking about how she was from Mars. The others at the table kind of just played along. She wasn't threatening. Um, but it was definitely bizarre. Madrice ordered a steak and an ocean breeze cocktail. And then our bill came. It was $89, but she had no money, so she couldn't pay it. So this part is a little... I'm a little unclear exactly what happened. If she refused to pay, or if she just couldn't pay because she didn't have her purse. Her purse was actually still in her car. Um, I'm not sure because I feel like if she did have the money, she could have gone out to her car to get it. The restaurant was trying to be as accommodating as they could. And they asked if there was anyone she could call who could pay for her meal, like with a credit card over the phone. Matrice could only remember Mildred, who is her great-grandmother's phone number. So Mildred 
do with Matrice at this point. She cannot pay her bill. She's being quite disruptive at the restaurant. And so he said um, to the LA Times later that he was worried about her welfare and he also reasoned that she would probably be safer in the custody of the police department. So he called the police and he was hoping that they would get in touch with her family and help her get home safely. This is where things get really messy and the following events demonstrate just how badly the sheriff's department handled this situation. Around 9 p.m., three deputies from the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department were dispatched to Jeffries. They were under the impression that Madrid was either drunk or high on drugs. The restaurant manager had told the dispatcher that she was acting, quote, a little euphoric and odd, end quote. On their arrival, they breathalyzed her and she passed her sobriety test. They ended up arresting Matrice on charges of defrauding an innkeeper and possession of marijuana. They had searched through her car and found um, a less than an ounce of marijuana in her car. While they could have taken her in for a psychiatric evaluation, it, it almost seems like they arrested her because that was just kind of the easiest option. The restaurant did not end up pressing charges against Matrice for not paying her bill. Matrice's car was impounded with all of her personal belongings inside. So her cell phone, her purse, her ATM cards, everything was impounded. The deputies took her to the Malibu Lost Hills Sheriff's Station, which was about a 20-minute drive north of Malibu, where she was booked at 11 p.m. According to the station logbook, Matrice made four phone calls while in custody. She told the deputies that were there that she was calling her great-grandmother. However, these calls were not recorded due to faulty recording equipment. What is strange is that her great-grandmother insisted she never received any calls from Matrice that night, and the phone company showed no record of calls, so we aren't really sure who Matrice was calling that night from jail. Elatiste, Matrice's mother, found out about what had happened and called the station asking whether they planned on keeping Matrice in custody overnight or if they were going to release her. If they had planned on releasing her, she wanted to go pick her daughter up because Matrice wasn't familiar with the area and she didn't want her wandering off in the middle of the night. However, if they planned 
satisfied that her daughter was at least safe for the night, and she knew where she was because she hadn't been able to get a hold of her for a while. So she thanked the deputy and hung up the call around 12.30 a.m. However, five minutes after that call ended, Matrice was released from custody. She was told that she could sleep in the lobby and wait for her mother to pick her up in the morning. But remember, Matrice um, was not of sound mind. She was going through kind of a manic stage, and so she wasn't um, thinking clearly. She was free to leave, and that is exactly what Matrice did. Security footage shows her being discharged and walking out of the station. This footage, however, would end up going missing for months, and eventually it was found in the desk drawer of the Sheriff's Department, Captain Thomas Martin. So, it's the middle of the night, and the Lost Hill Station is really in the middle of nowhere. Matrice doesn't have a purse, she doesn't have her phone, she doesn't even have a jacket. She begins to walk back the way that they had driven to the station toward the Santa Monica Mountains. This is a very treacherous route and it's almost impossible to navigate in the dark. According to Google Maps, it would take six hours to walk through the mountains back to Malibu, and this is kind of assuming you can see where you're going, and you have, like, equipment, shoes, a jacket, things to get you safely there. Nobody knew where Matrice planned to go when she disappeared into the night. But she never reached her destination. At 5.30 a.m. the next day, Latisse called the station to inquire about picking her daughter up, and she was informed that she had been released and had left. Latisse was understandably upset, and she felt like she had been lied to. She asked the deputy on the phone how to file a missing persons report. Her concern, however, was met with indifference, and she was told she had to wait 24 hours. It wasn't even long enough for her to file a report. Some promising information did come in from a man named Bill Smith who was a former reporter with KDLA News, and he had actually called the police department to report a woman was wandering around his backyard earlier that morning, and this was around 6.30 a.m., so at this point, Matrice had been released for about six hours. Smith's residence was six miles west of the Lost Hills Station, and it was located in the bottom of Dark Canyon, which was a gated community. Smith told the dispatch 
she was gone, having disappeared into the mountains beyond his home. From the beginning, the sheriff's department completely mismanaged this investigation. It became clear pretty quickly that they just didn't care. They waited two days before they went to Bill Smith's house, where they found tracks in the yard from sneakers that were not familiar to Smith, but they didn't examine these tracks. They didn't really follow them. They just kind of left it at that. They did search Matrice's car, which had been impounded, and they found all of her personal items, including a diary. They read our last few entries, and they realized she had likely not slept for five days or nights, which definitely would have contributed to our manic behavior, and at this point she was possibly, likely, very delirious from the lack of sleep. In the meantime, Latisse was frantically calling the sheriff's department, trying to file a missing persons report. Matrice's missing persons case was transferred to the LAPD because they had better resources for searches. But the LAPD was located an hour away from Malibu, where she disappeared. The family was promised a massive two-day search would begin on Saturday, September 19th. Three days after Matrice disappeared, they were going to pull out all the stops, use helicopters, search dogs, basically every resource that was available to them. But when the day arrived, um, what the search actually consisted of was just four deputies canvassing some neighborhoods in the area. Matrice had been missing for three days at this point, and police had no information. Um, they weren't really, it didn't seem like they were seriously looking for her. The search on the 19th ended before it even got dark. It was supposed to start again on the 20th. They had promised her family a two-day search, but they never continued with the search. This really was a total slap in the face to Matrice's family, and they were becoming pretty convinced that the police were not interested in helping them. Unable to rely on the authorities, the family took matters into their own hands. They began making flyers and posting them everywhere, passing them out, and they did their own searches. Meanwhile, after realizing how bad Matrice's disappearance would look for the sheriff's department, they began fiercely defending their conduct on the night of her disappearance. They began making statements uh, justifying her arrest at the restaurant, but insisted that when they released her, she seemed perfectly fine and coherent. 
wasn't super interested in what Michael had to say, but he basically was like, look, I'm on my way to a meeting and I don't have time to talk to you. But Michael's daughter was missing and he wasn't going to take that lying down. Stern was also a Malibu real estate magnate, and his property sold for millions of dollars. Michael called him on his real estate business number, and this time he told him like he was a famous football star and he was interested in planning one of Stern's properties, so this actually gets the mayor's attention. So he's like, you know what, I am on my way to a meeting, but I can cancel it and I'll come meet you right away. When Stern realized who Michael was, he was mortified. A story like this, as you can imagine, would make him look like an awful mayor. In November of 2009, as a result of Michael's efforts, the city of Malibu authorized a $15,000 reward for anyone with information regarding Matrice Richardson's disappearance and current whereabouts. On January 10th, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department finally conducted the kind of search Matrice's family was hoping for. This was one of the most extensive searches for a missing person ever carried out by LASD. It included 336 trained searchers scouring 18 square miles of ridges, canyons, and trails on horseback, on foot, and with the help of canines. A helicopter picked up searchers, dispatching them to harder-to-reach areas. While the search turned up no evidence as to Matrice's whereabouts, it gave Michael Richardson hope that his daughter was still just missing. They hadn't found a body, so they still have hope to find their daughter. He would later say, quote, the beautiful thing about today is they didn't find a cadaver. Matrice's family continually asked for security footage from the Lost Hill Station the night she disappeared, but their requests were largely ignored. They were lied to for months about whether it even existed, and it wasn't until March of 2010 that they asked to the station to view the footage from that night, and it seemed to magically appear in the chief's desk drawer. There were multiple red flags which the footage brought up. For one, the footage was edited, parts were missing, and right away, Latisse could tell her daughter was not acting okay. She was distressed and acting manic. Footage of Matrice inside her cell showed her struggling and acting erratically. Latisse would later, later say, quote, She's grabbing at the door where she's swinging back and forth. She's pulling at the 
was rude. 
dismissive and said there was no point in coming. Latisse asked how they would treat the site. Were they treating it as a crime scene? And she wanted to know when her daughter's body would be removed. The deputy told Latisse the area would be secured and treated as a crime scene and that the remains would be airlifted out in the morning because it was too dark for them to do anything that evening. However, once again, instead of doing what they said they would, at 8 p.m. that evening, deputies haphazardly gathered up the remains they could find, put them in a helicopter, and flew them to the station. Unsurprisingly, they didn't even look to see if there were bones missing or how many were missing. The coroner's office was shocked at the actions of the sheriff's department. As the LA Times reported, the coroner insisted that, quote, he was very clear with the sheriff's officials regarding how the remains should be handled, and could not think of another case in which a police agency had moved entire skeletal remains without the coroner's approval. On August 13th, Sheriff Baca made a statement announcing that the body had been found in a ravine and that it was Madrice Richardson. Quote, we have no indication of homicide at this point. I don't believe that the remains are capable of telling us a story, he said. And then he went on to say they only found a skull and some bones. And this was actually untrue. They had found a large portion of mummified remains. Latisse was able to convince Baca to let her and a small group of friends go to the scene. While they were there, they set up a small memorial. And while looking around, they found one of Matrice's finger bones. This further demonstrated how careless the sheriff's department had been when they had originally been on scene. There is a lot of speculation about what really happened to Matrice that night. Um, the LAPD would come out and say there was no foul play. However, with how badly they handled everything, we'll probably never know. One LAPD detective would later tell Los Angeles Magazine, quote, It sounds like someone abducted her, killed her, and at some point dumped her body. Her clothing was found slightly further up the ravine from the majority of her remains and did not show signs of having been removed by animals, suggesting she either took her own clothes off or someone else did. There were also some bones, for example, her femur bone, which was found partway up the ravine, and her hyoid bone, which had likely been broken if she had been strangled, was never recovered. Madrice's family and friends are also convinced that her death was not an accident. Rhonda Hampton who Matrice had been entering for, said, quote, The problem that I have with this case 
Thank you so much for joining me for the mysterious